Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the most luscious of them all? And you're listening to Mr. Juicy, Sweet Daddy Nasty on the OVW Podcast. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the OVW Podcast, the unofficial podcast of Ohio Valley Wrestling. I am the king of the death match, Jack Minogue. I am Brian Hines, and I'm full of tacos, and I could use a nap. Today we are getting into all the action from OVW, 12, uh, OVW Television 1261, emanating live from Historic Davis Arena, originally on October 12th, 2023. But first, Brian, let's talk about a little bit what's going on on our podcast feed in the coming week. Well, Thursday morning... Uh, be sure to look for our latest OVW podcast interview with the baddie Layla Gray. Former OVW women's television, or OVW women's champion. You recognize her from OVW television, you recognize her from All Elite Wrestling television. Uh, also wrestlers on Netflix. Also wrestlers on Netflix. A uh, lot of fun to sit down with her this past week. Um, as it has been with all of these wrestlers, she was great. Um, we had a lot of fun with her, so look forward to that on Thursday morning. Another great in- interview in our ongoing series of OVW superstar interviews here on this podcast feed. With several more to come. We have a couple more. Um, we have a couple more in the can, a couple more that we're looking forward to getting uh, put into the can, and we've got some some really good stuff lined up. Uh, some really interesting stuff lined up. Maybe some people that you don't hear as much from sometimes will be stopping by the podcast. So it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to Definitely it. Definitely people you recognize, though. So stick around. Look, Absolutely. Uh, look forward to them. Um, this Saturday, uh, we will be going to the Ohio Valley Wrestling pay-per-view event. It's called uh, No Rest for the Wicked. Is that what it's called? That is it. Although in my head, a lot of times I get that confused with No Sleep Till Brooklyn but it is no rest for the wicked. Uh, Rick Rubin produced No Sleep Till Brooklyn. Al Snow produced No Rest for the Wicked. Two Got very it. Two very talented men in their own rights, uh, but we will be there at the Historic Davis Arena on Saturday for that great pay-per-view, and we'll be kind of looking at some of the angles heading into that on today's show. Also would like to mention that in the coming weeks, there'll be a new series uh, updating, maybe even as soon as this week, Coming into this podcast feed, we'll, we, we will be re-watching some classic Ohio Valley wrestling matches, uh, maybe at certain points some matches from the bigger guys, um, some new current indie matches that are just hot and people want to talk about. It's kind of just going to be a sit-down watch-along with me and my co-host Brian Hines here, and uh, that's we're really excited to bring you guys new content like that. It'll be something new that we're trying out, so stick with us as we figure out the best way to bring that content to you, but uh, something new if you're a fan of this podcast that will be coming as well, alongside all the other great stuff that you've come to expect from us. And even things that you may not expect. Uh, after this brief message, we will get to uh, all the business at hand breaking down the action from Ohio Valley Wrestling Television, 1261. Hey folks, Tiny Brian here with you once again to talk about the Bluegrass Homefront podcast. That is my other podcast, the only other podcast produced by uh, Blacklight Moon Productions or at Nuthouse Studios thus far. 
but it is me and your supervising producer, Victor Anderson, and we talk about Kentucky music and stories. You can hear uh, a playlist of Kentucky songs by a Kentucky artists in every episode, a half a dozen songs and and two stories about uh, what's going on in, the, in Kentucky, the people, places, things that matter um, if you like Kentucky, which I happen to. So if that's if you do too, find Bluegrass Homefront on your podcast player of choice and subscribe. Give us a listen. Tell us what you think and look out for season three coming soon. But right now, back to the OVW podcast, already in progress. Welcome back to the OVW podcast, the unofficial podcast of Ohio Valley Wrestling. I am still full of tacos and I'm still Brian Hines. And I am still Jack Minokes. So we open this week with uh, Certified Luke Curtis versus Shotgun Tony Gunn. And I've got to say that this week's episode of the OVW may as well be redubbed Certified Primetime because Luke Curtis was like MasterCard. He's everywhere you want to be. He's in the ring. He's on commentary. He's all over the place. Yeah, he's. you can't uh, turn around without seeing him. And I... I might have been mistaken, but as you see him throughout the night, I think he changes clothes every single time. I want to say that I saw him in two different suits, which if he did that, that's fantastic. I might be wrong. I'm willing to be wrong. Uh, most of the time I am wrong when I talk about this podcast. That's a good attention to detail. I hadn't noticed that, but I'll have to go back and look. And if that is the case, I can totally respect that because uh, that's how I roll at my house. One of the things I took away, too, from seeing Luke Curtis so often this week is that it had been a long time, in my mind at least, since we had seen him in a singles match. Yeah, I suppose Just so. Just a straightforward, nobody around him. Well, he had Shannon the Dude, of course, helped of course. him out a little bit, but not the other members of the Overman, not his tag team partner and co-champion, uh, Joe Mack. Just out there, pretty full, long, 15, 20-minute singles match. I'd forgotten how fun it is to watch Luke Curtis wrestle a singles match. It's, it's always fun to watch him wrestle a singles match, although he, uh, he had a little bit of difficulty this time. Uh, I mean, shotgun Tony Gunn didn't even give him a chance to uh, take that robe off. Yeah, it was a hot, hot shot yeah, from the very beginning. Put him at a disadvantage, and uh, although uh, they went back and forth for a while, he, Tony Gunn did definitely get the jump on uh, certified Luke Curtis, and... Uh, he was able to rally for a while, but uh, ultimately it, it wasn't his night, and Shotgun Tony Gunn came away with the win, although it wasn't for lack of trying. Certified Luke Curtis looked good out there, mm-hmm. and uh, like he always does, looks like a million bucks, and uh, sounded great on the mic as well. I just think that he is probably, he's so well put together. It's like... I love he's a great wrestler. It's I kind of forgotten what a great wrestler he was being that I am so used to seeing him with the Overmen or seeing him in a tag team. So much fun to watch him in a true singles match against someone like Tony Gunn. Um there was a a, a spot in the middle of this match too where they they do the thing where you go and you count the punches in the middle of the match yeah. to 10. Um Al Snow actually has a really great quote about that spot where he says, "Okay, either that's the toughest son of a bitch on the planet Earth, or you can't throw 10 punches worth of shit. (laughs) And, like, that's the way that I feel about that spot, too. I think that that is, like, one of the dumbest spots in pro wrestling. Like, 
I know that it gets the crowd involved. It gets people behind them. And like, I understand, but I really do think that like, especially if you're not in a bloody territory, that is like one of the dumbest, just like total breaks the suspension of disbelief spots in wrestling. However, watching Luke Curtis sell that spot actually gives me hope that, that it can be done correctly. Like that, that is, that is an actual testament to how good Luke Curtis is as kind of a flippy floppy selling heel that he made me like a spot that like I traditionally really, really, really despise. Yeah. That's one of my least favorite uh, spots in a wrestling match is where the crowd uh, chants along with somebody who's methodically and rhythm rhythmically like just beating somebody in the head and everyone's like go 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 but he does a great job of selling that just like he did a great job yep. when uh, tony gunn pulled him off the top rope it looked like he was gonna uh, fall and break his ass yeah that to be was perfectly honest that was kind of one of those bumps too that kind of like took me for by surprise because he fell straight on his face instead of taking it on the back he fell straight on his face i was like man I, this guy i love Certified Luke Curtis is so much fun to watch. So much fun to watch, man. He's so good. And he's so much fun to hang out with in person. Yes. And that, that all is to say, if you're a fan of certified, if you're feeling certified, just uh, keep a lookout on the podcast feed for um, for a little little bit of a special surprise in the coming weeks. I feel certified by association. Um, Does that make me a certified male? <laughs> I, I, is that a, uh, don't shoot me is that a that sounds like a hair replacement commercial or something no that's bosley oh that, yeah that named after tom bosley i don't need it <laughs> so, neither do i uh all throughout the night uh we saw kind of what it was like to live a day in the life of the bad girls club yes we did um they were at uh several different they went out for tea early in the morning, went to a coffee shop, it looks like, went to a vintage store, went to a nice sit-down restaurant, um, and everywhere they went, they were as rude as you would have expected them to be. Well, sure. I mean, you know, they're basically the, the mean girls club, the baddies, so what do you expect them to do? They're not going to hang out and hand out flowers at the airport or something. I will say I really enjoyed the bit where they're in, like, the vintage store, because I think I've actually been in that vintage store before. And my main memory of being in there was when the sales clerk described that uh, an old jacket had patina. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. And old. that's, that's when I left. <laughs> 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 I said that might, as someone who really enjoys being a douchebag about vintage clothing, saying that a old Carhartt had patina was really just, it outdid anything that I could have ever thought to say about vintage clothing but yeah i don't know how i would even respond to that yeah i just walked out the door <laughs> i just immediately walked out the door when he said that the jacket had patina did you put your hands over your ears and just walk away to signify the end of the conversation no i i had a glass in my hand i dropped it and walked out and oh, just, as it shattered all that's over just the floor. as effective yeah but there is a it's not to, we will we will wait a little bit um towards kind of the end of the episode but there's only so much negativity that you can put out into the world before you get some comeuppance, and eventually we do see that happen with uh, the Bad Girls Club after their their uh, run amok all throughout Louisville throughout this episode. Um, the next match that we saw was TW3 versus the NWA heavyweight champion EC3. Uh, TW3, one of those guys that, has been featured very, very prominently 
on uh, television um, every single week and kind of starts getting into more and more prominent roles uh, over the last few weeks. And it doesn't get anything more prominent than facing someone like EC3 for, um, well, it was a non-title match, but when you're facing the NWA heavyweight champion, um, any showing that you can not look like a complete fool in is a good showing. And I would uh, definitely say that TW3 came out looking good throughout all of this. He did. He came out looking good. And, uh, you know, he's out there every week doing his thing. He's fun to watch. He's entertaining. Uh, I always have a soft spot in my heart for uh, wrestlers who involve interpretive dance in their matches. I'm always a big fan of that. So anytime TW3 is on TV, I will stop and watch because uh, I, I just think that's great. I don't know if this is one I would have necessarily booked just because it would be way too much in my mind as the commentator to um, keep in, you know keep straight which initials that end in three were which. Yeah, that's that's tough, and uh, it can, can be confusing. And if it were me, and I don't know why they did this, why they didn't do this, but I feel like they missed a golden opportunity to uh, make the loser of that match drop the three from their title. So it would have been uh, TW, the 80s baby TW, or it would have been EC. But I don't guess either one of those really have a good ring to it. So I, I don't know. They didn't do that, so I don't guess it really matters I anyway. But they could if they wanted to. would they like to didn't. point out that EC3 pulled a lot of things out of his arsenal but decided to win uh, with a submission maneuver. Kind of just... Going back to putting it into perspective, how how good of a match TW3 was able to put on, EC3 had to pull out a straight in the middle of the ring submission out of him to uh, to win the match, even though <clears throat> TW3 was working with one leg for most of the match. Yeah, which, you know, to his credit, goes a long way. I mean, that's a very respectable performance on his part, so congratulations. There's also a match that we had kind of... Our, our note-taking was, is not as precise as it should be, so let's go ahead and talk about this match between Chalance Royale and Dream Girl Ellie. Dream Girl Ellie's been on a tear over the last few weeks, super formidable opponent. We've talked a lot about how much we like her and her skill set. Yes, we have, and uh, this week was uh, no exception. She was in command of that match a majority of the time, and, um, I mean, she's fierce, she uh, is ferocious mm-hmm. when she lets out that primal scream. I mean, I wouldn't mess with it's her. It's enough that's to for scare sure. you. Oh, sure. Um, there's something, too, that every time I can't, I can't, maybe it's a, I'm placing something where it doesn't necessarily belong. But there was that moment in wrestlers where Chalance and Dream Girl Ellie are wrestling and they end up busting each other open kind of accidentally. Well, I think one, I think the first time it was an accident and then the receipt was very intentional uh there's something about the two of them that i've seen them uh even before wrestlers came out it really seems like these like these girls like to kind of hit each other harder than uh, maybe some other people other pairings that they might have on the uh we the roster yeah we've talked about this off mic before and uh i definitely agree it seems like these two uh do not have a problem knocking the holy crap out yeah. of each other. And, I mean, 
that just makes for a great match from a, a fan standpoint. For sure. It seems from like... From a participant, maybe not so much. But as a fan, yeah. There's definitely a little bit of kind of like stardom or 90s Joshi in the way that these two wrestle each other that you don't see um, with some of the other pairings on, on the roster. Uh, I really, I just, I enjoy that too. I really like physical, hard-hitting matches. I by no stretch of the imagination do I like when people take liberties with their opponent. But I do like when two people trust each other enough and are comfortable with each other enough to kind of lay it the fuck in there. <laughs> and and yeah, these two are you know the the best. Yeah. They are at the absolute best of that. And every week they go out there and they knock each other into next week. They hit each other so hard their clothes are out of style by the time the match is over. It's a short match, very physical, as we said. Ends, of course, P.J. Jones, Esquire. Always with the interference. He interferes. Dream Girl Ellie spears him, takes her eyes off the prize. Chalance Royale with a big-time pump kick. One, two, three. That's all she wrote, unfortunately. Dream Girl Ellie's winning streak gets cut this week by Chalance Royale. But I expect great things from her, and I wouldn't be surprised if she was out there stomping mud holes in people's asses this coming Thursday. And if not Thursday, maybe even Saturday at the pay-per-view. Who knows? I wouldn't be surprised. I, I would not surprised. be surprised. She is uh, those two, both of them, both of them, but I'm a kind of partial to Dream Girl Ellie uh, in addition to any card you put them on, for sure. Um, there was a Nightmare Cup qualifying match after that between Level X, that is the, the newly formed or reformed team of Blanco Loco and Will Austin. They faced the Outrunners. The OVW Tag Team Champions Joe Mack and Luke Curtis were resuming their what seems to be residency at the uh, commentary, commentary table, table this, this week. Jinx. Uh, I'll drink to that. Um, um we talked about this last week. We talked about this in our interview with Luke Curtis that will show up on this very feed uh, sometime in the near future. Luke Curtis is Money. certified. <laughs> he is, yeah, he is certified. I don't want to borrow the guy's catchphrase, but Lord have mercy. There's not a single thing that the guy can't do. We already saw him wrestle a great singles match tonight. Uh-huh. Looked great in the ring. Um, love his gear. Love his big, stupid purple robe. Love his wrestling ability. Comes out in suit, sunglasses, belt sits down at the commentary table and gives the other guys that are there every week a run for their money at their job yeah <laughs> what? yeah what, he does. like what can the guy not do seriously uh, well i was it the last episode i think we talked about the three things that a professional wrestler really needs if we're going to be successful yeah you, you have to have, have the two, look. two of the three two of the three you got to have the look you got to have the skills and you got to be good on the mic if you can get two out of three of those, Meatloaf said two out of three ain't bad. But certified Luke Curtis, all the way across, he three is, for three. Three is, is the magic number. The I would wager to say the most well-put-together star on the entire OVW roster right now. At this current moment, at time of recording, if, I would say he's the guy, maybe even more than guys that I'm a little more partial to, like Cal Hero or Luscious Lawrence. I think it's Luke Curtis. If I were to disagree with you for the sake of argument, I would be forced to find somebody that I think would be as good or better, and I don't believe that I can do that right now. 
it's it's a conversation we can continue to have, but as as it stands on this Monday night, it's Luke Curtis. Yeah, as of today, it's Luke Curtis. Even though I do take offense to uh, you saying that he has a purple stupid robe because uh, I like purple and I like robes, and I think that robe is pretty badass. I, it is pretty sweet, but it's obnoxious. Speaking of, um, if there's any way I could get Santa to bring me a certified purple robe for Christmas, that would be great. I'll put in a word with the big guy next time I see him. Appreciate you, fam. Kind of a shock this that the Outrunners lost to Level X. Uh, yeah, it was. I mean, it, I'm glad to see Crazy White and Will Austin out there every week. Uh, he's been getting more time, and that's great. Good for him. I would not have. I'm not a betting man, but I wouldn't have put my money on those two to beat the Overmen. But here we are. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have. I don't think that if they do end up going against the Overman that level X will be able to compete at all, to be quite honest. But this is just the, the outrunners are such a hot act right now. It's kind of, kind of insane that to see them lose to um, an act that has only really come back in the OVW scene within the last couple of weeks when it seems like the outrunners are everywhere, not just OVW, but everywhere. Yeah. I was watching uh, AEW over the weekend and, uh, they, uh, wrestled Keith Lee and, uh, oh, I can't remember who the other guy was, but yeah, they were right out there. They're, you know, out there working for OVW, AEW, all the W's. It's kind of funny too. I'd seen a few of their matches, but something that I was just paying, happened to pay a lot of attention to during this match is how much stuff the outrunners do that's not wrestling in terms of just like, they are always moving. If yes, like there's they their transitions, they're like always moving. They're running back and forth when they're waiting on a tag. Their entrance itself is a lot like the the cardio on these guys must be absolutely incredible because they don't stop. It's not just what they do inside of the ring, which is hard enough. All it's everything they do outside of the ring or during a match that's not a a hold or a a move. You know? Oh yeah. Their 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 cardio must be absolutely insane. Um, just because they they really don't stop moving until unfortunately tonight when one of them got pinned. Yeah, and I I hate that uh, I hate that they lost. I misspoke earlier when I said the Overman. It was the Outrunners. I apologize for that. But uh, they are so entertaining to watch. And if you're a fan of the '80s, which I am, because that's where I grew up. Uh, you're gonna love these guys. You're gonna, you're gonna be a big fan of the youngest men alive. Yeah, the Outrunners. Uh, so that we we get to a sketch after that really fast moving episode of OVW this week. Um, kind of been moving fast the last few weeks. I don't know if that's just trying to keep it as hot as humanly possible with the influx of audience with the wrestlers. There is a couple of things too that I noticed this week that is definitely because of the new money from the wrestlers in terms of brand new advertisers. And we actually, for the first time in my remembrance of OVW, have flashers on the screen that tell you the competitors well yeah that's true i know that that was if only that could have happened when we started this podcast because (laughs) there was a little bit where we were coming in and 
no, 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 I think their name is, I no, 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 it's spelled like this. No, 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 it's not Sky. It's, you know, yeah. it's, it's like there was a little bit where we were. We had to go back and do a little bit more research. Yeah, we were hitting the OVW website, Cage Match, and slowing, basically running the Zabruder film on the commentary booth every week just to fin- <laughs> try to figure out some of these people's names. Yeah. Um, but no more. And this is just like, we've mentioned this the past few weeks. This is just another kind of incremental step in how, how, good OVW is right now. Uh, OVW has been great action wise for a long time. We're both in agreement about that, but a little bit more of attention, a little bit more money behind it. They're just able to bring an overall better product to us, the viewer, which is awesome. Yeah. And in terms of storytelling this week, there were how many vignettes with the, uh, uh, the bad girls club? Several, several, Several. a plethora, all um, off campus. And yeah, they were all off campus. They were all over the place. They stopped and ate or had something to drink several times. They went shopping at the vintage store, uh, which I am interested in going to because I need to get that sweet ass Wayne's World shirt that's on the wall behind the counter. Um, I'll tell Santa about that one too. Yes, you're the man. And uh, I mean, it's it, it's just a, a really noticeable. Um, uptick in the quality of the the stories and stuff a breath of fresh air yes that's delightful i'll drink to that um i guess i have to is that the okay for those of you that don't know if you're just now joining the ovw podcast if you just found us and you are um at home with a an adult beverage anytime anyone says the word delightful just go ahead and crack that bad boy open and take a drink because that's our drinking word here on the ovw and you can thank our producer, Tiny Brian, yes. for getting caught up in the delightfulness of the word delightful. If you would like to hear the the origins of this drinking game, you can find it on Wrestlers on this very uh, this very podcast feed. That is our recap of the Netflix show. Oh, wait, our, our, our thing's called Podcasters. <laughs> That's our recap of the Netflix show Wrestlers. And this is our recap of the recap of the show wrestlers that the show about the show wrestlers is about what you said cash flow needs a uh and it needs a tag team partner it's mel Bali shiro yeah yeah shiro came out and was like hey fam you good and he's like yeah <laughs> i'll get, I'll get us back on track eventually i'll get us back on track eventually it was it's mal Bali shiro yeah they uh they missed the shake at first but uh the general agreement is that they are partners um, not a pairing that we've ever seen before in OVW, not at least that I could find. Um, these guys have not always been enemies, but have, as far as I know, never been friends up until now. Yeah, just little to no interaction other than a, a match here and there. Um, and the crowd was more than ready to cheer for Shira when he came through the curtain. Yeah, I, I was pretty excited to see him, and I really hope that... Uh, in some form or fashion, that leads to the uh, uh, buddy comedy duo or tag team of Mahabali, Mahabali Shira and the Scottish War Machine, Crixus. Yeah, now that he's back on the right side of the aisle, maybe we'll see that down the road. Um, I would also uh, like to point out here that... Uh, I Were you shocked... That it was Mahabali Shira because I was actually a little surprised. I thought it was going to be Isaiah, who we saw at the big one, uh, come back and help Team OVW. Long history with Cash Flow. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
I can see why it was Mahabali Shira. I should have known it was Mahabali Shira, but I was a little surprised for it to be Mahabali Shira. To me, I just kind of con- I just kind of figured that was a foregone conclusion based on the way things had gone with the Overman the past couple weeks. Mahabali Shira's in there until he's not, and then last week it was pretty apparent that he wasn't. Mm-hmm. And once he wasn't, I figured that meant that since he wasn't an Overman, he was going to be on a team against the Overman, in which case would lead to him being a partner with Cashflow. We also saw a non-title match with Steve Michaels versus friend of the show, country boy brewing Kentucky heavyweight champion Crixus. Our boy, the Scottish war machine. Steve Michaels is a big man. Crixus is very strong, though. <laughs> Lord yeah. have mercy. Yeah, we know firsthand in the in the studio that Crixus is no slouch he is not to be messed with he (laughs) not at all you would know better than me I didn't ouch my I kept my shirt on that day the whole day and didn't get chopped by anybody Uh, it was the only good decision I've made in the past two months Um, and I'm proud of you for that thank you I appreciate that good Uh, as to be expected because it's a Crixus match Jay De Niro and uh, Tony Evans attempt to interfere Crixus manages to still get the victory even with an interference between J- with Jay De Niro and Tony Evans. Yeah, they went to the well one too many times. Uh, Jay De Niro has come in with the loaded big potato glove and uh, gotten a sucker punch in, and uh, Crixus has taken a loss here and there. But Crixus saw that coming and wasn't having any of it and put them both down and won the match. So good for you, Crixus. I'm glad that you were able to lay those two fo- those two guys out and get the win this week. Tony Proud Evans kind of kinda loses his mind uh, after the end of uh, this match, does he not? Yeah. He's usually a little slower, has a little more of a cadence whenever he speaks. He was blood red in the face, screaming, demanding a title shot after the end of this match this past week. Uh, Crixus, because he's such a good guy, obliges, but he says Jay De Niro has to be handcuffed to the referee for the match. Yes, he does. Which was which is going to make for an interesting match. I do think it was really funny that... I don't think I've ever seen that before. The, the crowd was very obviously supposed to be a little bit more on board for another Crixus and uh, Tony Evans match than they were before the stipulation was announced. But Crixus is so good and people like him so much in that, uh, that arena that by the end of the segment, people were on board to see yet another Tony Evans and Crixus match. I just thought it was kind of funny that the desired reaction was not exactly uh, there out of the OVW faithful in the Davis Arena that evening. I'll hang out and watch Crixus do whatever, man. Crixus is a great guy, and he's super entertaining. And, uh, I mean, I could hang out and watch him paint the wall and watch the paint dry. There's a uh, the, the Overmen come out after this match, um, have a little bit of a a uh, gab session, microphone session in the ring, talk about, of course, how good they are and how much gold that they have and how the NWA championship is the most important championship in the history of wrestling, but EC3 is the best uh, champion that they've ever had. He name-checks Flair and Steamboat and Dusty Rhodes. Okay. Um, My question here is, has any match or angle in the history of wrestling ever been more advanced by poorly lit cell phone videos than Jesse Goddard's and EC3. 
I'm going to go out on a limb and say nope. This over the last few weeks, it's been EC3 to uh, with his poorly lit cell phone videos kind of taunting Jesse Goddard. This week, Jesse returns with a poorly lit cell phone video of his own. Um, tells tells EC3 uh, that he's not scared of him and that there will be a three-on-three, a trios match next week uh, between EC3 and the Overman and two... Um, two players to be named two, later? Two players to be named later, a, a two teammates of Jesse's choosing. Going to have to assume Cash and Malabalashira? That was my instinct response was Cash Flow and Mahabalashira, but I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's... Uh, Got uh, an ace or two up his sleeve. I guess we will see uh, next Thursday. Or uh, actually, no, we will see that. Yeah, this th- this upcoming Thursday. So we will you will hear about it on the feed next week. Yes. Um, before the match between Cal Hero and Ryan Von Rocket, you can see Cal Hero kind of stewing about what happened last week between uh, him, Adam Revolver, and Shannon the Dude and Linda Kay. Um, Adam Revolver kind of very smartly tricked Cal Hero into striking Linda Kay. Uh, that ended up being causing them to lose the match, uh, the mixed tag team match that they had fought, and it's been tearing up Cal Hero for an entire week. Well, sure. He's visibly upset because he didn't mean – she was just in the wrong place at the mm-hmm. wrong time, and that is because of – uh, Adam Revolver and his uh, perpetual prickery. Mm-hmm. Um, so Cal Hero feels horrible about this, being the the good-natured kid that he is, and rightly so. And I know he just wants to make things right. He wants, you know, for for her to make a full recovery and all that. But what does Adam Revolver do to make things worse? He appears in front of the hospital where she is recovering. Total chode move, yeah. Revolver. Just a lot of mind games from Revolver into Cal Hero to the point that by the time Cal Hero walks through the curtain to face Ryan Von Rocket, he's not the the fanny pack kid that we're used to. Nope, looks like somebody ran over his dog. Just he, his hair it looks like it's 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 not as fluffy. His shoulders are sunken. He doesn't have any of the same energy. The crowd tries very hard to be on his side, and they are on his side um, as much as they possibly can be. But it's not enough for him to kind of ever really regain the uh, energy that he's supposed to have or that we're used to him having. And that's when you're facing someone like Ryan Von Rocket with all the experience that he has, that's a, that's a dangerous game to be playing. You've, one, one night off is a huge opportunity for someone like Ryan Von Rocket. That's true. And that just goes to show you that uh, if, if you're not in the right headspace and, and you've got a job to do, then you're going to have problems, and that's just how it is. If you can't focus because uh, an outside situation or you know uh, a relationship with somebody personal uh, is is gnawing at you in the back of your head, you're you're not going to be able to be a hundred percent. You're not going to be able to bring your A game, and that clearly was the case here. He was upset about Linda Kay, and it was obvious. It showed he was not the same. Cal hero he was not the same hero that we get every week him being upset about Linda Kay was very obvious this kind of led him to not wrestle with the same amount of intensity that he would usually wrestle with 
once Ryan Von Rocket kind of starts to get a little bit of an upper hand, this kind of pisses Cal off, which is something that we don't usually see out of him, like an uncontrolled anger. Right. He ends up, through being so angry, not realizing what he was doing, he ends up uh, getting Ryan Von Rocket's uh, two valets in some physical peril, Crystal and Katie, uh, which just further puts this idea in Cal Hero's head, makes him question himself even more. I thought this was a really great ending to that match. I thought that was great booking. Oh, by um, accidentally uh, injuring the valets yes. of Ryan Von Rocket? Yeah, uh, that is a really good I way thought it to was really, really smart. accentuate what happened last week and perpetuate his uh, inner turmoil. You know, yeah. I, I accidentally... Uh, caused Linda Kay to get hurt, and now I'm out here next week, and I'm in a different match, and I accidentally uh, take out done uh, the same thing. Done the same thing, and you know, two things happen back to back, or you start to see a pattern, and then you kind of get into your own head, like, well, what's wrong with me? You know, why did I do this? I didn't mean for any of this to happen, and so there's a lot of inner complexities for him going on right now, but I'm hoping that. Uh, First and foremost, Linda Kay is healthy, and she's back on the uh, OVW program as soon as possible. And that uh, Cow Hero can get back to uh, his uh, winning ways and um, hope that things go better for him this week than they did last. So we know this about Adam Revolver, and we know this about the rest of the Overmen, uh, that they don't mind to have other people do their dirty work every once in a while we know this about crystal and katie that they have no problem doing other people's dirty work do you think that there's any chance that this scenario with cal hero ryan von rocket and crystal and katie was set up by adam revolver oh i hadn't thought about that i don't really give adam revolver enough credit to be a uh, a cunning puppet master like that but who knows i'm just it, it for everyone involved minus ryan von rocket this is behavior we've seen them do before yeah so who's to say who's to say i'm not we'll find in the coming weeks i'm sure i just we've seen it with the overman we've seen it with adam revolver we saw it at freya's wedding with crystal and katie they don't mind to play both sides time will tell as it always does we had a nightmare cup qualifier uh, after the Cal Hero Ryan Von Rocket match, Joe Mack and Luke Curtis return to commentary. This is the last match of the night. It was kind of a weird, oddly kind of cold match. Um, I guess it advances the story that we are telling. We want to know if Malabai Shira and Cashflow can actually coexist. We know that they are willing to work together, but how well do they actually coexist? Um, I would have liked to see them wrestle someone other than Dysfunction here. Yeah, Dysfunction Junction. I, it would have been nice to see them uh, wrestle, I don't know, somebody like the Outrunners. I think yeah. that would have been a good match. If you were going to let the Outrunners lose, um, I just think the win would have meant more against a different team. Um, dysfunction, what are they, 0 and 38? I mean, like, if I understand that they're trying to tell us the story of like, hey, we don't know if Shira and, and Cashflow can actually be a tag team. These guys are actually tag teams. Like they compete every week as a tag team. These guys can't even save each other's ass whenever they're in singles matches. What kind of tag team partners are they? I just think that I just 
I, I get what they were doing. I just think that the win would have meant more if it was against a better team than Dysfunction. Yeah, like, say, uh, the Destroyers or um, yes. who else would, would have been a, a good opponent for them? Um, any Anybody that's not Dysfunction? Somebody that can win? Sure. <laughs> hey, guys, I got hey, a thought. Hey, what's up? Seems like it would have been good if they would have simply traded the outrunners and dysfunction and just swapped those into their other matches. I wouldn't have I would have I would have enjoyed that. Because dysfunction losing to uh Blanco Loco and, and Wilf Austin, what are they? Static X? <laughs> Degeneration X. Yeah. Degeneration no, no, no. They are called uh we 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 know the name. Level the name. X. Level X, yes. Perfectly generic wrestling tag team name. Um they uh yeah i i i agree um i just far be it from me al snow is a genius 99 percent of the time i see from everything that he does and then one percent that i don't get is usually paid off in a way i wouldn't expect so but at this current time without knowing what happens next week or in the weeks to come i'm just a little confused i think that the win would have meant more against another team that's all i can really say and i think that's a fair statement i wouldn't disagree with that but on the other hand uh, no matter who their opponent was and no matter who won the match, we were fortunate enough to be graced by the presence of Immaculate Joe Mac and Certified Luke Curtis. I want to start calling them Mac and Cheese because Mac, um, Immaculate Joe Mac is who he is and what he is. But Certified Luke Curtis is always grinning from ear to ear like he's cheesing for a camera or something. So in my head, it's like, hey, Mac and Cheese is on TV again. He's, he's a little – you don't necessarily see him cheesing on um, OVW television that much, but the guy does have a very infectious energy about He does, him. yeah. On, on the, uh, you know, behind the scenes. You go, dude. Um, there's a beatdown or an attempted beatdown because it's OVW television. We're ending the main event. So there's always going to be an attempted uh, beatdown. This week, however, our heroes come out on the better end of it. Cashflow and Mahabali Shira drop um, the Overmen about as quickly as they got in the ring. They sure did. Well, actually, it was uh, dysfunction, but then they... Well, after the, after they beat dysfunction. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. They they won the match, and then they, they dropped the Overman like a bad habit. Um, As well they should. No we, offense, certified. After seeing them win, we kind of... I'm, I'm going to go out and say it's got to be them as Jesse Goddard's um, mystery opponents, right? I would have to imagine. I, I can't think of anybody else... It, could be or anybody else that would make sense to be it's gonna have to be them as far as i can tell although if i'm wrong i'm i can't wait to see it i can't wait to see why i'm wrong and who would be the uh the next logical choice or whatever but just as far as i'm concerned it's got to be those three something that we had touched about the last couple of weeks um do you think that some of the pacing issues that we had touched upon in ovw from the past couple of weeks were um persistent this week I felt like this week's episode was pretty smooth. I did too. Yeah. I think they must have heard us complain about it and fixed all the problems. No. Things like this happen. It's live wrestling. It's live wrestling. It's live television. Things like this happen. Not everything's going to be perfect. It ain't ballet. Um, That's why we're here. Um, But I do think that this was about as tight of an episode of Ohio Valley Wrestling as you could possibly get. Yeah. I would... uh, 
at least since we've been doing this podcast, I can't think of a better episode than the one we saw this week as far as uh, pacing and um, going back and forth and between segments and matches and the timing of everything. Uh, so good for them. Congratulations on putting out another excellent episode. Uh, one thing, too, that we had touched upon as well, kind of on the way out here, uh, we are our investigatory journalists. Um, by, by That's what our um, business card says. And we had been asking if what had happened to one elusive Eric Darkstorm. We have. We now know uh, that he's no longer with the company. So if that was a question that you had asked yourself, what happened to Darkstorm is something we've been wondering aloud on the podcast. We now know um, through a little bit of digging that Eric Darkstorm is no longer with the company. So that, that answers that. Now, whether it was because of what we assumed possibly could have happened with his role in the wrestlers on the Netflix, we don't know that. But he is no longer in Ohio Valley Wrestling. And and best of luck and being best, elusive. Yeah. Uh, hate to see anybody lose lose their job. Hate to see anybody not be able to make a paycheck. Um, but overall, maybe not a surprise that Eric Darkson is no longer with OVW. You want to take us away, Brian? The OVW Podcast, the unofficial podcast of Ohio Valley Wrestling, is produced by Blacklight Moon Productions at Nuthouse Studios in Lexington, Kentucky. The OVW Podcast broadcast team is Jack Minokes and myself, Brian Hines. Our studio engineer and editor is Malachi Woodard. What's up, Malachi? Executive producer is Ty Brian K. Woodard. What's up, B-Dub? Senior producer for The Blimp is Victor Anderson. After watching wrestlers on Netflix, visit ovwpodcast.com slash podcasters to find all episodes of our unofficial wrestlers after show. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Rate us five stars and give us a review. Please and thank you in advance. You can also follow us at OVW Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, X, TikTok, and all of your favorite social media outfits and podcasting platforms. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Love you guys. Love you.